Wednesday on Netflix is an amazing show. I am so happy with how it turned out because I really did not have high hopes for it. But it is one of my favorite new shows that's out right now. And I say this as a huge fan of The Addams Family. It's great to see The Addams Family come back in a way that is just so true to the spirit of the original. It's also really good to see Tim Burton doing something good for a change. I've missed good Tim Burton. There's been a lot of talk about the weird love triangle in season one, and whether or not Wednesday should end up with Enid. But I have a bigger question. Is or should Wednesday Adams be Ace Arrow? Welcome to Project Shadow. My name is Charlie. I am a non-binary sci-fi fantasy writer, and you can find a lot of what I'm doing over at my new and improved website at projectshadow.com. Really excited about everything that's going on over there, but that's not what this episode is about. Maybe we'll talk about that more in the future. I'm here today to talk about Wednesday. Wednesday, a show that I could not have had lower expectations for. And it's not that I don't love this kind of show. It's not that I don't love The Addams Family. For goodness sakes, I even know somebody who worked on the special effects for the show. But Netflix and its teen dramas, they have a very hit and miss reputation that is very well deserved. Also, I felt that it was a poor substitute for my beloved Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And the trailers weren't that good. I mean, let's be honest here. The trailers really didn't excite me in the way that they should have. Also, seeing that Tim Burton was involved, that, that just broke my heart a little bit because as somebody who was once a huge fan of Tim Burton's work from Beetlejuice to Batman to Batman Returns to Edward Scissorhands a lot of the early Tim Burton stuff is some of my favorite content some of my favorite stories and some of my favorite movies but let's face it he's he's not been doing so well lately And he did direct several movies here. I'm sorry, several episodes. And he did a good job. In fact, it was his idea to add the creep factor to Wednesday's portrayal in not having her blink at all, which is so beautifully, beautifully disturbing. So we are going to be talking about some spoiler content when it comes to this show, but not the big spoilers. 
The show is, after all, a mystery series. It's kind of Wednesday does a Nancy Drew, or as I like to think of it, it's Wednesday Adams goes to Hogwarts, but it's written the right way where everyone gets really annoyed at our protagonist's antisocial use of other people and lack of care for their odds of survival. It's a beautiful show. The casting is phenomenal. Everyone does such a good job with their performance. And the one kid that I would have the most issue with his acting, his character is so beautifully awkward that it just kind of, he's either a genius actor who brings so much awkwardness to the role that it feels like he's having a hard time with his line reads or he had a hard time with his line reads and it just made the character so much more awkwardly endearing. I don't know which it is. It is well-written, it is well-performed, and it has a certain level of dark, whimsical goofiness that a show like this needs. Now, we're not going to be talking about the mystery plot today. We can, if you all want, just let me know. We can definitely go into detail about that. But what I'm most interested in, what I'm most excited about is the character herself. This is a Wednesday that we have never really seen before. The Adams Family, like most TV families, is locked in a perpetual age range. Wednesday is the daughter. Her younger brother, Pugsley, is her younger brother. And like Bart and Lisa Simpson or the Belcher kids from Bob's Burgers, they are trapped perpetually in these childhood roles. The closest we've ever seen to them escaping this would be Adam's Family Values, where the actors aged and we see the character age a little bit. This is one of the first times we get to see a Teenage Wednesday, and that brought with it some of its own issues and interestingness, and has brought about a question inside me that really needs to be answered. We have to start right off the bat, just in absolute praise of Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega's portrayal of Wednesday Adams is flawless, and it is probably one of the hardest roles to get right. She doesn't emote a lot. Her face is very stoic through the vast majority of the series. And yet, she is able to convey a subtlety of emotion that helps you to understand where Wednesday is. Wednesday is not a cardboard cutout, even though she is portrayed very emotionlessly. And this is a very hard thing to do, and I have all the praise in the world for Jenna Ortega. She did such a good job. But one of the things that I think we have to talk about is the love interests. Because this show plops Wednesday down into an oddly 
cisnormative, heteronormative world where, and trust me, we're going to talk about Enid in the Wolf thing in a minute. It is assumed that she is a heterosexual, allosexual character. And we are immediately given the statutorily required love triangle for this type of show. And it is so forced that I've actually heard several people comment about how they felt like it was a last-minute addition to the show, that Netflix required there to be a love triangle because it is a teen drama after all, and what is teen drama without a love triangle? And I'm wanting to give the writers more of a benefit of the doubt. The writing on the show is very clever and very good in a way that I did not expect from a Netflix series of this kind, especially one that felt a lot more like a cynical cash grab where they were trying to figure out how they could further monetize a property. At least that was my initial thoughts going in. So the two people that we are given for Wednesday to have relationships with are Tyler and Xavier. And they're your classic love triangle characters for a show like this. Tyler is this small town boy who's always trying to do the right thing and has a rough relationship with his dad. He may have a bit of a dark history, but it's okay. Our main character can look beyond that. And Xavier is the archetypal other kind of character in that he's the bad boy. He's got a reputation. He's done things. He's dark and brooding. And he's a tortured artist who also happens to be psychic and has magical powers and can bring his pictures to life. And oh, who's she going to pick? The farm boy with a heart of gold or the tortured dark soul. It, it, it's as classic a love triangle as you could possibly get. And there are two explanations for this. And that is either they just went with the stock footage version of a love triangle because it was easy or because it was done deliberately. And so much of this show shows me a deliberation on the part of the writers, I'm wanting to give them the benefit of the doubt. Wednesday does not appear to have an interest in either of these two people. They pursue her, but she does not even appear to have an interest in either one of them. In fact, the moment where we get the big kiss, and here's uh, one of the few spoilers I am going to be talking about for the series, when she kisses Tyler, it feels much more like she's going through the motions then it's because she really wants to. There's an odd perfunctory quality to the kiss that either is because this was a plotline that was tacked on by the network or because this is not who she is on the inside. It's a tick box that she feels that, of course, she has to hit because that's what you do in a heteronormative, allonormative, cisnormative world, right? 
another relationship that is really important to the character of Wednesday is her relationship with Enid, who is played by the phenomenal Emma Myers. And I say phenomenal because Enid's character is one that I really should hate. She's everything that I despise in this kind of show. She's preppy. She's overly bubbly. She's a nice version of the werewolf trope in that she is this bubbly, happy-go-lucky teenage version of a werewolf that I, I don't consume a whole bunch of werewolf media, but I can't recall a character like her in any of the other stories that I've seen before. Now, a lot of people have started shipping Enid and Wednesday together. Now, I, I, okay, I, I love me some LGBTQ representation, and they have, throughout the story, one of the most interesting relationships, in that Enid is one of the few people that really connects with Wednesday and gets through to Wednesday. In fact, Enid is the only character in the course of the, ser- of the show that we see Wednesday have an actual affection towards other than her family. So there's a reason for the ship. I'm not going to poo-poo it. And should Wednesday turn out to be a lesbian, I am not going to be mad at it. I'm really not. I, I think that there is a valid way that you could go with the story and get Wednesday there. I don't think it's the most interesting one. Because it undercuts the relationship that I actually see between Enid and Wednesday. They are a classic odd couple in that Wednesday is black and white. Enid is all about color. Wednesday loves her dark, brooding, dark academia, classical and Baroque music. Enid is all about pop music and the the more bubblegum pop, the better. Enid is all about school spirit and playing all the reindeer games. Wednesday is a lone wolf. She wants to be by herself. She's very solitary. And so this contrast between the two characters is interesting. And it really works well with their dynamic, especially with Thing. And, oh, I could do an entire episode about Thing. Thing in this series is One of the best things that they did, pun intended. But does a good gal-pal relationship have to go sexual? Do they have to have romantic and or sexual intent for each other? And I, I didn't feel any of that tension. In fact, Enid would be bi if she is interested in Wednesday at all, because we do clearly see her have an emotional connection to one of the stoners, one of the Gorgons that attends the school. And honestly, I'm kind of more interested in seeing how that relationship pans out as the story goes on than seeing her get into a romantic relationship with Wednesday. But the weird complication in all of this is that Enid, throughout the course of the series, is a werewolf who has never wolfed out. She's never actually transformed into a werewolf. And her parents are concerned about her. And there is a very awkward reference to basically 
werewolf conversion therapy where they're basically going to send her to a camp where she will be bitten by a werewolf to fix her if she doesn't wolf out soon. And the the plot doesn't really go anywhere. It's just something that gets dropped. And this could easily be hand-waved away as some kind of weird virtue signaling on part of the part of the show. But I do think it shows the normalization of her family. One of the things that this show is about is outcasts. And I think that that plot thread is there to show how Enid, who is a very normal person by our standards and that she likes the pop culture, she's very much a teen character from almost any other show on television, is still an outcast because she has not performed her duty as a werewolf. It's a weird mixed metaphor and it doesn't really work all that well. I don't want to sound like I'm going after Wednesday Enid shippers in any of the stuff that I'm going to say. I got zero romantic or sexual tension between these two characters. Absolutely none. I saw them as friends. I saw them as companions. Yes. But I don't think that simply because Enid is the one character that Wednesday has obvious chemistry with and that she actually befriends and probably becomes her closest friend while at Nevermore, that does not equate to having a romantic relationship with her. They are teaching each other valuable lessons. Enid is showing Wednesday that Maybe she shouldn't try to be an island unto herself and that maybe she should trust other people and listen to what other people have to say and take their emotions into effect when making her decisions. And Wednesday is teaching Enid that maybe it's okay to not fit in. Maybe it's okay to go her own way and not have to be one of the popular cool kids not to have to be um, the person that always fits in in every situation, that maybe she should embrace more of her eccentricities. In fact, her relationship with Thing, Enid's relationship with Thing, does this very well. And if any of the Adamses are going to end up in a relationship with Enid, I think you can make a much better argument for Thing than Wednesday, and I really don't think that that's going to happen. Now, if they do decide to make a romantic relationship between the two of them, hopefully it will be developed further, and I will be open to it at any point. I am not a big fan of the hypersexualization of all relationships in media. I feel like this is a very allocentric, allonormative, very heteronormative way of seeing relationships. And if you excuse my anarchism showing, it's an oddly capitalistic way of doing it in that it commodifies 
relationships into this what do I get from you mentality. What do you give me? What what do I get out of this? And if that is love or sex, then it makes those things appear more transactional than they really are. And I don't feel that that way of reading works well with any of the characters in the show. I did not feel a romantic chemistry between Wednesday and any of the characters they paired her with. Not a single one of them. I didn't feel it with Enid. I didn't feel it with Tyler. I didn't feel it with Xavier. Not a single character that she had a relationship with in this show felt like someone she would end up with in the end. It didn't feel like she had those feelings for any of them. And again, this could just be me reading things into it. But, and it could just be the fact that she doesn't show emotion well or this early in her story. And we're going to see her open up more like Morticia in being able to show emotion better. They are clearly making a relationship plot arc-wise between Morticia and Wednesday, and their relationship as mother and daughter, and the similarities and differences between them. But she seems to be put off by her parents' shows of affection to each other. And again, that could just be a kid not wanting to see her parents be the way that they have probably been around her her entire life. But I do not see anything in the text of the show, in the the way the character is portrayed, and anything that she says that makes me think for a minute she's looking for a romantic or sexual relationship with anyone. Wednesday is a arrow because of her stoicism or lack of emotion. I'm saying that Wednesday is ace arrow because she shows no interest in any of the romantic and or sexual relationships that are offered to her in course of the show. It's really important to understand that. Someone is not Ace Arrow because of a lack of emotion or because of any deficiency in and of themselves. And I really want to make sure that no one is construing what I'm saying to mean that. It is her lack of interest in any of the potential romantic interests that makes me wonder if she is, or at least should be written as Ace Arrow. It would show a marked contrast between her and her mother, where Morticia and Gomez have always been shown as hypersexual allosexuals, to have Wednesday be an Ace Arrow character. It would also be very fitting with the portrayal of her that we have in this show. In fact, the one kiss that we do see her have, the kiss with Tyler, is perfunctory. It is what 
seems most appropriate at the time rather than something that she yearned for. There is nothing in the way the character is portrayed in any of the dialogue that she has with other characters to indicate anything other than a checkbox being checked to justify her interest in Tyler. Tyler seems to be someone who understands her at this point in the story. Tyler seems to be somebody who is on her side at this point in the story. And it is in a cis-hetero-allonormative world, the next logical step for her to progress their relationship into something more akin to that that her parents have. She should kiss the boy. We don't see her have an emotional reaction to the kiss, or even to the aftermath of the kiss. And I I don't want to get into all of this too much, because again, I'm trying not to do too many spoilers for the show, because I want to make sure as many people that can watch it do watch it. But needless to say, especially because this is season one of a show, we're not going to have our main character end up in a romantic relationship that will persist because all TV shows kind of require that will-they-won't-they aspect to any romantic relationship. It doesn't seem to affect her at all. In fact, she stays focused on mission. She stays focused on all the other things that she is concerned about and takes everything as a point of data for her other interests in the show. And again, that could be one of two things. That could just be that she is such an analytical Vulcan-type character that she does not express or exhibit emotion in a way that is uh, normative. It could be her neurodivergence at work here. But the fact that we do not see her discussing potential relationships with any of the characters unless they bring it up first. All of the romantic situations in Wednesday are brought up by other people. All of the romantic conversations in Wednesday are started by other people. None of it is self-initiated. Those are the reasons I feel that Wednesday Adams is clearly portrayed as Ace Arrow in the show and not uh, somebody who will end up with Tyler or Xavier or any of the other boys in school or even with Enid. Now, as her characterization progresses, it's possible that they will change this and I will start seeing her as possible love interest to one of the other characters, and that one of the other characters I will start seeing as a love interest for her, but I don't see love as something she desires at all. So is Wednesday Adams? No. 
going to be portrayed as a Sarah? I don't know. Only the writers know that. Only the people that are putting the show together know that. Now, I don't want this to just be one of the creepy and kooky things about her, but I don't think it would be out of character for it to be a thing about her. It would actually make a lot of sense with the way that she is portrayed in the show, with the way the character has always been portrayed. We've never really had a Wednesday that was interested in boys or girls. And yes, part of that is because the character of Wednesday is usually portrayed as being much younger than she is here. But again, it's not something that even in Adam's Family Values that we see. She's always been portrayed as somebody who's a little put off by her parents' blatant show of affection for one another. And it would, again, make sense. Will I be upset if she doesn't turn out to be a Sarah? No. I, I understand the allonormative nature of most media and how it is produced. And that most characters are probably going to end up somewhere on the allosexual spectrum of being either queer or heterosexual. I doubt that they will even be open to the idea of making her bi or any of the characters on the show bi. Bi erasure is a huge problem, but that's a topic for a whole other episode now, isn't it? All in all, this is something that they could do that would really help this show to stand out and be really decent and interesting representation for the character. Especially as we see her developing other friendships, other relationships with people outside of her family, which really feels like it's one of the main thrusts of this show, is Wednesday learning how to relate to people that aren't part of her insular family. To have her develop as someone who can be a good friend, a good ally, but somebody who does not necessarily have to conform to all of the cis, heterosexual, allosexual norms of our society. It, it would just be nice. I'd love to know what you think. There are a lot of ways that you can... Uh, Share your opinion with me on this. I am on most of the social medias, though after the bird app fell to the musky husky, I don't really spend much time over there anymore at all. I still do stuff over on Instagram, and I'm CE Dorset over there. You can also check out my new Substack over at projectshadow.com, where I am posting articles. I'm working on some other podcasts. There's a lot of really fun stuff that will be showing up over there. Highly recommend that you subscribe, either for free or on one of the paid tiers to show your support for everything that I'm doing. By the way, there will be paid-only content available over there. And I'm very excited about all the content that will be available over there. Next year is going to be insane for me. I'm going to have five to six books coming out next year. And that sounds like a lot, but uh, th all of them are written already, <laughs> so 
they're just in the final stages of editing and all that that entails. We've completely changed our business model and how we're going to be putting fiction out. And I'm really excited to start this grand new adventure with you. So why don't you join, join me over there? I promise the content will be as good as I can possibly make it. And I really want this community to grow. And I feel like Substack is the best place for us to do that. Uh, I know I've made those statements before, but this really does feel like something special and different. And the fact that I'm pre-scheduling a lot of this content, so, you know, we don't have to worry about life intervening as much in the process. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening. Again, head over to Project Shadow. You can not only find a link to the podcasts that I do, but also to the various uh, stories and stuff that I'm working on over there. And until next time, don't forget to have the fun. Bye!